This is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Wiradjuri land. This is The Full Story. It's official. Taylor Swift is coming to Australia. I was wondering if it would be okay if we did, like, just me, you and a guitar. Is that all right? Her multi-million dollar era's tour broke records and Ticketmaster in the US. Tay-Tay is on her way, Shervo. Not just yet. Now she's announced five shows across Melbourne and Sydney in February. Thanks, Tim. Hey, Swifties, y'all ready for this? It's official. (laughs) Taylor Swift is bringing her world tour to Australia. The news has captured the attention of the nation and even has some economists asking... Is Taylor Swift big enough to push up inflation? Swifties for fans. Yeah, she's making major economic waves with her sold-out Eras tour. Today, Bridie Jabour, Guardian Australia's opinion editor and major Swifty, on the phenomenon that is Taylor Swift. It's Thursday, the 22nd of June. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Brady. You have described Taylor Swift as the poet laureate for millennials. Why? Poet laureate usually means the most outstanding poet for a country. Taylor Swift is the most outstanding poet for a generation, I believe, and perhaps for even the generation after me because she's an incredibly gifted songwriter, which is poetry, and she's been writing for many, many years, capturing the feelings, the experiences, the emotions, what it's like to not just be, I think, a girl or a teenager or a woman in the world, but being a person in the world. And there are millions of people who connect to what she writes. And I don't think that there's anyone else of this generation who has captured the zeitgeist and how everyone's feeling and really touched people's emotions as often as she has. Now, this is a news podcast, Bridie, so for our sceptical listeners out there, why is this news? Why are we talking about Taylor Swift today? Because she's announced that she's coming to Australia, finally, finally. It got announced and all the fans are losing their minds. One, that she's coming, but two, mainly, are we going to get tickets? How are we going to get tickets? She's only coming to Sydney and Melbourne, sadly. She's not doing Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth. She's not even going to New Zealand. And I would expect fans from all around the country to come to Melbourne and Sydney for these shows. So Sydney and Melbourne fans will be competing with all Australian fans for these tickets. And we've seen so many people in America miss out to the point. This this tour is a proper pop culture phenomenon. 
There are now thousands of people who go to the car parks of her stadium shows just to hear her singing in the car park and they're having Mm. parties in the car park. Wow. That is devoted. But tickets aren't cheap, Bridie. A decent ticket will send someone back almost $400. And some people are spending even more than that, over $1,000 for package tickets. Who can afford this? We're in a cost of living crisis, aren't we? Well, the cheapest tickets are $80, which did surprise me because Taylor is a businesswoman and she doesn't mind charging as much as she can. In America, Ticketmaster actually did dynamic pricing where the price was set by the demand. So some tickets in America went for $10,000 and even more. So I think there's a little bit of relief in Australia that they're not $10,000, but $80 to $400 for a ticket obviously is not super cheap, but I think reasonable for a lot of fans in the context of what American fans have paid. I've read that this tour will turn Taylor Swift into a billionaire. Do you think people will still want to pay those prices for tickets once she is a billionaire? Is being a billionaire going to make it hard for people to love her as much? Some people will be uncomfortable with it, but it's funny because you don't often hear that conversation about other artists like going to see Guns N' Roses. Oh, aren't they rich enough already? Why are we paying um, so much for their tickets? Or even someone like Bruce Springsteen, whose tours are also phenomenons of their own and fans will follow him around. No one ever turns around and says, does Bruce have enough money now? Like, should we be paying these tickets? So I think some fans will think, yeah, she's got enough money and too much money. But I also think that it's going to be come part of her legendary status for other fans. Like I already see a lot of fans praising her for it, going, you know, another amazing thing that Taylor has achieved that nobody else has achieved before becoming a billionaire just from touring. Makes her seem like a better one to some people. Yeah, exactly. It just plays into the law. And she's very good at making things play into the law herself as well. I actually started out making music... I don't know if anyone knows this, it's a very little known fact. I started out in country music. Did anyone know that? And one thing that uh, has been really wonderfully consistent throughout the entire time that I've been making music is that I write all of it. And it's my favorite thing to, to write songs and then they go out into the world and I'm really lucky that you guys are nice enough to them care about those words that I've written, sing the words back to me. It's legitimately the coolest Taylor Swift is the topic of conversation between me and my 12-year-old niece who really resonates with her lyrics. What is it about her that she can appeal to such a broad age range of people? I really think it's extraordinary the age range that she appeals to. And it's been really extraordinary to watch as someone who got into Taylor Swift in my 20s and I'm now 35, to see a new generation embrace her and relate to her Mm. as well, which I don't think that that ever really happens to have an artist that crosses generations in that way. And it's also particularly extraordinary considering how rarefied her existence has been for so long. Like she's been a very rich person playing to stadiums and living a life that many people can't even begin to imagine for so long. And yet she keeps writing these songs and these lyrics, which so many can relate to. And part of her genius is she is a great observer. She has a real specificity to her lyrics. So she'll write about very specific things in her lives and things that she notices, even down to what people are wearing, like Nike shoes. Mm. 
and her listeners can pull out the universal from that. On her album Folklore, she had a line that I always think of and it's about the end of a relationship and she says in it, thought I saw you at the bus stop, I didn't though. And we all know Mm. that feeling of breaking up with someone. And I also actually relate that line to grief as well, when someone dies suddenly and you think you see them everywhere, like you see them in the street or the back of someone's head and then you realise, oh, that's not them. So she's captured that feeling really well. And, you know, when was the last time Taylor Swift would have caught a bus? (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking 20 years ago. But she obviously listens, I think, so much to people around her and reads a lot and watches a lot Mm. and has this incredible observational skills, which she can then kind of tease out to the universal and have people across ages, countries, genders, sexualities relating to. Yeah. Although there was that song about her mansion in Rhode Island, which I guess wasn't that relatable. No, but a banger. Great to sing along to. Yeah. Next, our Taylor Swift became a global sensation. Hey, Jane Lee here. I'm one of the hosts of Full Story. And I want to tell you about a way you can catch up on some of The Guardian's award-winning journalism. It's in print and it gets delivered to your door no matter where you are in Australia. The Guardian Weekly magazine is our global news magazine, which features in-depth articles, including pics from Guardian Australia's editors. It comes out once a week and it can help you make sense of a busy news cycle. You can currently sign up and buy your first 12 issues for $12. That's just a dollar an issue. But this offer won't be around forever, so go and subscribe today at theguardian.com forward slash weekly Australia. Look, there's a lot of great writers and performers, right, Bridie, but they don't all become global sensations. What worked for her? No, I do think about this a lot, you know, because... I'm not just throwing around the word genius. I do truly think that she is a genius writer. But talent is never the only thing that gets you anywhere, is it? There are plenty of talented people who don't get to be global pop stars and working very ordinary jobs. And I think there are people around the world who would be just as good at writers as Taylor but didn't get the same opportunities. There's a few things at play. She was very ambitious from when she was very young. You know, she started writing songs before she was 14, which I think not a lot of people would. And not only that, but her parents were willing to take her to Nashville to work with songwriters there. So she was very she was honing her craft from a very young age with an opportunity not very many people get. So there was that, her parents being comfortable. Also the way she looks, she's five foot ten, five foot eleven, blonde, beautiful white. So she has that real mass appeal as well, which obviously not every person has, and that has come into it. And she's obviously got a great strategic business mind as well. And so she she has this relationship with her fans that's very personal that she's built up from, it started actually in the Tumblr community, liking fans posts, replying to them. And she only does it to a few fans, but it makes a whole fan community feel like she's seeing them and she's part of them. So it's all those sort of things lining up. It's never talent that just gets you somewhere. It's talent, it's hard work, it's opportunity, it's the certain privileges you have as well. And that has all come together for Taylor to shoot her into the stratosphere. So you've mentioned her fans. Tell me a little bit more about them. Her fans? are called Swifties. Are you a Swiftie, Bridie? Absolutely. There's something that she 
inspires in a lot of fans. You feel like she understands something about your experience or she's able to articulate something about how you experience the world that you can't articulate yourself, which makes you feel close to her in a way that can be quite ridiculous. It's also that her songs are so great to sing along to. I actually think this is really part of the fandom. You get together with your friends, you put on a Taylor Swift song, you can all sing, like screech along with each other. People have these parties where we just like play albums from beginning to end and just like sing along to every song. You can really like let loose and be free. And that's another great thing about her songwriting, something like Antihero has these lines in it, which I think are great songwriting in it. Like, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman, tale as old as time. Great line, great self-awareness. But also the chorus of that is, it's me, hi, which my three-year-old and my five-year-old love. <laughs> like they don't understand the genius songwriting. They're singing along with me in the car. It's me. Hi. And it's actually super cute when my five-year-old goes, I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Yeah. My niece, Matilda, said to me, you know what? The real genius about I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying on the ground is that, you know, Gabs, that crumpled up piece of paper, even if you roll it out flat, it's always going to have the crumples in it. Those scars stay with you for life. Is this from a 12-year-old, Gabs? (laughs) She is deep. And she's, and she's right as well. That's from a very famous song, All Too Well, which Taylor wrote when she was about 20, 21, which is just stunning, really. So there have been some controversies surrounding her, though. What are some of the biggest, Bridie? Well, going right back to the beginning of her career, there's been controversies. There's, of course, the very famous moment of Kanye West storming the stage when she won a VMA for Best Music Video over Beyonce. Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Uh, That was, I think, one of the first pop culture moments to become a meme. So we have her and Kanye to thank for memes. And you know what? Kanye wasn't wrong, but that's a whole other thing. That ricocheted for many years around the world. There was other controversies related to that about whether she did or didn't give him permission to reference her in lyrics. She's also come under fire at times. She was accused of being a Donald Trump supporter, which she never was, but that was because she never took political stances, which is a part of her broad appeal. She did. She was being a businesswoman who didn't want to turn people off. She identifies as a feminist, but she's certainly not my feminist beacon. Her kind of feminism is distilled in a song called The Man, which is on Lover, and in it she sings... You know, I get criticised for having many boyfriends and for making all this money, but you would never criticise someone like Leonardo DiCaprio for the same things. Really not my concerns in feminism, whether privileged white women are copying too much criticism for earning too much money. So I don't really think of her as a feminist icon. And for a couple of years there, she was getting grief over political stances, but that has receded a lot. Her latest controversy was over a guy that she was dating from the 1975, Matt Healy. Look, it's way, way too complicated for me to get into. She only seemed to be dating him for a few weeks, but basically fans were arguing with each other over whether he was a good guy or not, and it ate up weeks on the internet for certain sections of the Swifty community. 
Last month, Beyonce was blamed for inflation in Sweden due to her concerts and lots of people going and spending money. Will Taylor Swift's concert force the Reserve Bank to raise our interest rates again in Australia, Bridie? <laughs> well, I think that the federal government would love it if we blamed Taylor Swift rather than <laughs> than other policies or other things going on in the economy. She's only playing five dates in Australia, but as I said before, I, fans will fly in from all over the country and maybe even in New Zealand. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that she could have an impact on our local economies for sure. For anyone late to this party, what happens now? Um, I don't have a ticket. I don't know if you do. Are you hopeful? Am I hopeful? I am shaking every single tree. I woke up yesterday morning absolutely vibrating at the news that tickets were going to be coming on sale next week. I've texted everyone I know who might have an in with the touring company or with the stadium or whatever. My friends and I have all organised how we're going to do pre-sales, which credit cards are going to be used. There's a few of us buying four tickets, which is maximum each, and we'll figure out what we'll do with the tickets when we know how many we've got. I messaged my mother, um, told her to go to Mass and pray for me and my friends to get tickets. She said that she's going to do it. Honestly, everything that I can do to get tickets. Is that a strategy that works for you normally, Bridie? Well, my mother claims credit for me not dying in a car crash a couple of years ago because of her praying. So it can't hurt to try this. (laughs) Um, I might ring my mum after this too then. That was Bridie Jabour, opinion editor at Guardian Australia. Today's episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and James Milsom, who also did the sound design. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Gabrielle Jackson. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll be back with you tomorrow for the Newsroom Edition. We'll see you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.